2: Hello, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. I am sharing with you a resource that I have found super helpful when it comes to developing a mindfulness practice for yourself. The power of meditation and mindfulness is well known. I have other episodes that really dive into what mindfulness is and the different ways in which we can be incorporating this into our daily lives and the benefit it has for our mental health, no matter what stage of life we are in. I will be sure to include links to those episodes in the show notes here. In this episode, I invited Natalie Walton. She's a CEO of Expectful, which is a mindfulness app onto the podcast to share Expectful as a resource. So maybe you've heard of apps like Calm or Headspace that support you in developing a meditation mindfulness practice. And I love these two resources for really developing your own mindfulness practice. And I've often recommended it to clients or to folks on social media, um, podcast listeners who reach out and are asking for a resource to support them in building that powerful mindfulness practice that we know is so impactful when it comes to developing a new relationship with your emotions, with anger, with anxiety. We know it's powerful. But I've always wished that there was a resource that was really geared towards parents, specifically folks who are in that stage of life navigating fertility, pregnancy and postpartum. And so this episode is in direct response to those of you who've been asking for a resource like that. I found Expectful. I've been diving into the app myself and I found it really helpful. And in this episode, you also get a chance to get to know Natalie, who is the CEO and co-founder of Expectful. She has a really interesting story and shares her own journey, her own wellness journey and journey into developing her own mindfulness practice as a mother herself and someone who really got hooked into the hustle culture of our modern day life and really made some big changes for herself. And she shares a little bit about that in today's episode as well. So I'm excited to share this resource with all of you, and if you are interested in downloading Expectful after listening to this episode, I also have a code for you holding space that allows you to download the app and experience it for one month just for a dollar. This is not sponsored. It's just an app that I use myself, found super helpful, connected with them, and they were willing to share that discount code for any of you podcast listeners. All right, I'm excited to share Natalie and Expectful with all of you as a resource, so let's dive in. Well, I hope that this podcast is supportive to you, it is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Natalie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to dive into our topic, exploring specifically how meditation and holistic care, holistic practices can be really supportive to expecting parents and super excited to have you specifically on the podcast talking about this. You are the CEO and co-founder of Expectful, which is a holistic wellness app for hopeful, expecting, and new moms. You're also a mom yourself. You have a 20-month-old son, Everett, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, and you've been busy. I I see here that you've spent the last decade in leadership roles at Airbnb, Google, eBay. Um, you also have an MBA from Stanford Graduate School, a BA in economics from Georgetown. You are you are a busy woman, and I'm really excited to explore the ways in which you yourself have integrated mindfulness and holistic practices into your own life. Um, But maybe you could share a little bit more with our audience about your background and your context and what brought you to be so passionate about mindfulness, meditation, um, and holistic
1: care. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation with you today. Um, Yeah, so it's my story with wellness and and mindfulness um, began in 2002. um, And almost 20 years ago, I um, won a fellowship when I was in high school to study abroad in Thailand. um, And this was back before we had headspace, we had calm, like no one knew what meditation was at that point. And I had the privilege of going to an ashram, a Buddhist ashram, where I did a silent meditation retreat. So imagine like this is early 2000s, where like Paris Hilton is popular, you know, materialism is abundant, there are McMansions everywhere. And I'm in um, like this rural city in Thailand, doing uh, a a, a silent meditation retreat and I did this for three days and I was just thrown into it and my thoughts upon leaving um this meditation retreat was like wow meditation is is really hard I don't get why people do this <laughs> yet at the same time I, I journal I wrote in my journal but there's something that's interesting about this and like I want to keep I want to keep looking into this because in spite of living in this materialistic era I was like I felt a bit of peace and so That was my introduction um, to meditation uh, almost 20 years ago.
2: (laughs) Wow. And what an introduction. I mean, like, you know, now, like you said, there are apps, there's ways in which people can kind of dip their toes in and kind of explore um, meditation for themselves and the the ways in which meditation and mindfulness can be integrated into their everyday busy lives. But it's interesting because I think when I first heard about meditation, mindfulness, kind of what I pictured it sounds like what you kind of dove right into, which is this sort of like this very intense practice, you know, silence, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere um, and you are practicing this, what of course would be a very challenging thing to do, especially, I think, especially in our Western culture, just sort of the hustle, busyness of our lives. I mean, gosh, I can't think of the last time I experienced – a lot of silence let alone a silence <laughs> that was very intentional <laughs> yeah um, and in inclusive into a meditation mindfulness practice and so um, while well, you just dove in head first and so you recognized how you recognize how challenging it was but it also sounds like there was something in there that was really interesting to you so I'm curious to hear more about your journey um, and how meditation mindfulness has become a part of your life. like once you got out of that environment, right you got back into um, sort of daily living, um, especially here in, in you know, Western culture, how how did you start to explore ways that you could integrate it into your life and then what was the result?
1: Yeah, so the funny thing is that it really took me. A long time. I mean, it it took me probably close to 15 years to actually incorporate mindfulness into my life. Um, I was intrigued by it, but it, it's a hard thing to pick up and it's a hard thing to incorporate into your life, especially... In the early 2000s and really up until i'd say a few years ago and so i attempted to study it in college i um always lived a very busy life and you know something was always wrong like i was i was living that frantic life and i would retreat to meditation and i would try it but it was so hard and i didn't get it but i kept trying again Mm -hmm. and over the last decade i'd say there have been a lot of improvements um, to meditation to make it accessible for Westerners <laughs> and beginners. And so, um, i I think the thing that made the most difference in my life was learning about transcendental meditation. Um, and this is a mantra-based meditation. And so I did a three day transcendental meditation course, and I learned a mantra and um, I all of a sudden, after years and years of trying to practice, it worked for me. But that being said, like I also use a lot of meditation apps, including my own, Expectful. Um, But I I think the reason I I share this is that meditation is there are so many different types of meditation, and not every type will resonate with someone. And so, um, you know, it can take a while to cultivate the practice, but once you do, uh, cultivate that and you find something that works for you, it's really life-changing. So you mentioned I have a 20-month-old son, which means I just went through uh, a really you know, challenging period in life where I didn't sleep a lot. Um, one of my favorite ways of incorporating meditation is through actually our app Expectful, and that was to help me sleep as a new mom. Um, and so there are a lot of studies about how meditation um, improves your sleep. And for me personally, like my hack, what is, it still is, is when my son goes down, um, I put on a meditation and um, I'm, I'm able to calm down. And oftentimes I'm able to like doze off, even for 15 or 20 minutes. And like in those 15 or 20 minutes, I can come back refreshed and like have power to get through the day. And so that's how I incorporate it now. And it's like, it's a life hack that really helps me get through things. <laughs> no,
2: oh my gosh. I can definitely relate to that. So a couple things here that you mentioned. So, first off, the piece that it took years really to kind of find a way to really. Personalize and incorporate mindfulness and meditation into your life in a way that felt like it fit your life, but it was also something that you felt was very empowering. And I, one thing that I often will talk to clients about when I do bring up mindfulness um, as a practice, as a daily practice, because yes, research backs this up. I've lived through it. I've experienced it. And so have my clients, how powerful it can be it is something that I think initially feels really intimidating and then you try it on and you might be like, Oh, nope. I don't think this is for me. Like the whole idea of going inward, of slowing down, of, and I think there's also a misconception that like mindfulness meditation is about getting to a place of having, um, total inner peace, you know, (laughs) or sort of thoughts happening. Like there's just like, it's just quiet in your mind and in your body. And that's, that's not the case. I mean, our our minds, our bodies are always, there's always input happening and our mind is always um, thinking of things and we can have thoughts, kind of crazy wild thoughts pop up all the time. And so first I'll oftentimes try to say, hey, this is a practice, meaning it's something that it's almost like building a new muscle, like new strength, a new muscle strength. Like you have to kind of try it on and and keep practicing it so that when you really need it in those really harder moments of parenting or in life, that you can kind of you know withdraw from all the practice you've put into it. It's like building a new muscle. Um, but also, it's something that's very personal. You have to develop the, the practice that works for you specifically. It can be a very um, intimate and personal experience. And also, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you've, you've put the practice in, you've 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 made it something that's really personal, but it's not going to be about perfect inner peace and quiet, right? It's about honoring where you are, right in that moment, um, and being able to have compassion for whatever that is, whether that's pain or an anxious thought or um, a, a reflecting on a distressing day. It's about being able to be in the here and now present, um, with compassion for yourself and whatever is coming up. Would you, would you agree with that or anything you would add there?
1: I couldn't agree more. So my personal story about also how I got to expectful is that, um, so I alluded, I, am a, I'm a wellness junkie. Um, and, and mindfulness has always been top of mind, but, um, So when I was pregnant, somewhere along the line, around my 20-week scan, um, I found out that I was at high risk. I had a high-risk pregnancy, um, and I was at high risk for preterm labor. And um, this came as a shock for me because I'm one of those people that runs miles a day. Like, I eat my health smoothies. And... I just thought like I'm gonna go into being a mother, like the most prepared that I can be, and nothing's gonna get in my way. And I had these unrealistic expectations. And then, you know, I get this bad news and I I lose control and I don't know how how I'm gonna make it. Like I don't know I'm at twenty weeks. I don't know if I'm gonna give birth at twenty-one weeks. I don't know if I'm gonna make it to term. And it got to a point where uh, I was going to the hospital five days a week for the NST test and the Doppler test. And I was always going to the OB, and it just it created so much stress and uncertainty in my life. Um, even though I had a wellness practice, um, there was just something that was really off. And I was scrolling on Instagram one day, and I was targeted for this app called Expectful. And um, Expectful, at the time, it was a meditation and sleep app geared for fertility, pregnancy loss, Mm -hmm. and new motherhood. And I started doing the weekly pregnancy meditations. And there are a lot of meditations around dealing with uncertainty, dealing with um, stress and pregnancy. And even though I had a mindfulness practice, it was something that using these meditations geared towards pregnancy, um, and getting into hypnobirthing, um, there's like an amazing hypnobirthing class. It enabled me to really change my mind frame. And every week, like I had been getting worse and worse. And then within a week of starting to use the app and like getting into hypnobirthing, something happened where I stabilized and I was actually able to make it to term, Um, which is quite incredible. And so I think exactly to your point is that there is so much power in this. It's not just getting calm um, and, and finding space, but it's like, how can you cope through a difficult time? Like, how can you change your mind frame and use that to like actually change your situation and your outlook? And so, I mean, I really do credit this um, meditation practice that was geared towards pregnancy and helping me get to term. And uh, so much of pregnancy and new motherhood, you don't have any control, even as much as we'd like to think that you do. And I think that it's really important to cultivate a practice that helps you get through that. um,
2: Yeah, absolutely. And kind of find ways to be in a space of lots of things are happening, things that are out of my control things that are really overwhelming, but how can I come back into my body? How can I um, be present in the here and now so that I can um, make a decision with information that I have in front of me um, or get through a difficult situation or experience? Um, With my second My second child, uh, with my first, I had a traumatic um, birth experience and it was one of those things where I had a very rigid birth plan and um, no pain meds and it was going to be a vaginal birth and we were going to have this beautiful skin-to-skin moment right after she was born and things didn't go that way Um, and I ended up having a belly birth that was was traumatic, and a bit. There, there were different elements of what made it traumatic for me, but a lot of it was because I was not in my body and during the moment, um, I was, if anything, I was rejecting my body for what felt like failing me in that moment, and that led to lots of processing that had to happen for that experience. And then with my second, I I actually did embrace hypnobirthing and. Even though the outcome, I you know I was um, hoping for a VBAC, or we were we were open to a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean, and it ended up being another belly birth. But what the meditation mindfulness practices that were incorporated into the hypnobirthing classes that I took. That served me even even into the belly birth. It served me into making a decision that I was listening to my body. I was in my body, and I was able to say, you know what? Um, A belly birth option right now is actually the right step for me to take. And it ended up being a very empowering experience, healing experience, after my first belly birth to be, again, in that – that cold operating room, but to feel like I was in my body during that moment. And then now with my third, I had a third belly birth, um, just a, over a little bit over a year ago now with my third child. And I actually remember the anesthesiologist looking over at me and he was like, you are so calm right now. And I was like this, you don't, you can even imagine the state I was in after my, with my first, but I am because I'm present and I'm here, um. And there were so many elements um, that the, the mindfulness meditation practice that I had developed over the past 10 years um, since my first birth that really supported me being able to be in the moment, even though you know things didn't go necessarily exactly how I would have wanted or liked or um was hoping for. I was still able to be to be present in those moments. And I, I do credit a lot of that to Um, mindfulness and developing those mindfulness muscles for myself. So you mentioned sleep earlier. And oh my gosh, is sleep (laughs) and sleep deprivation such a hot topic as a new parent and something that we spend so much time thinking about, worrying about, experiencing or not experiencing, right, the pain of sleep deprivation or not experiencing sleep. Um, And I know as a mental health clinician, the power of sleep and how important restorative rest and sleep is for our well-being as parents, and how the cycle of getting good sleep and then being able to be present as a parent, making decisions, how powerful that is when it comes to our mental health as well, Um, or guilt or shame that can sometimes show up when we, you know, snap at our partners or snap at our babies or our children, and just how powerful restorative rest is. And so I would actually, I would love to hear more from you about this life hack that you're describing of, you know, as soon as your baby goes down, I'm assuming for a nap or for bed at night, um, that you are putting on a meditation. And tell me more about how this has supported your sleep, your, your relationship with sleep, I should say. Coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. It's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket, helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks, plan meals, collaborate on lists, and even give each other kudos along the way. Here's the cherry on top. For my amazing community, Coexist is offering an exclusive deal. Sign up for a two-week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code DrCassidy15. So what are you waiting for? Really, take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download Coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. The load in our home has been feeling a little bit lighter since downloading Coexist, and yours can feel lighter too when you download the Coexist app at getcoexist.com. Since becoming a parent and as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more mindful of the supplements and products that I use, and that's why I love Peary. These are natural food supplements that I trust completely. Let's talk a bit about collagen. So collagen is so important for our bodies, but our natural production of it slows as we get older. So I've learned. And quality supplements support our muscle, bone, and joint health. Recently, I've been taking Puri's CP1 Pure Collagen Peptides. It was number one out of 28 collagens tested by the Organic Consumers Association and Clean Label Project. There are enough hard decisions that we make every day as parents, and this makes Puree an easy choice. See and feel the difference with Puree. I know you'll love their supplements as much as I do. Puree is offering my listeners an amazing deal: twenty percent off site wide. Just go to my special URL, Puree.com backslash Dr. Cassidy and use my promo code Dr. Cassidy. So go to dot com slash Dr. Cassidy. Don't miss out. Use promo code Dr. Cassidy at com backslash Dr. Cassidy.
1: Yeah. I mean, sleep is a heated topic because it is real. That sleep deprivation in those first few months is, is you know, up to, up to, I mean, a year, like I, it's really tough. Um, I mean, and for me it started actually in pregnancy um, because I just had all the ailments, the, the acid reflux. And like I was, I had to sleep standing up or not standing up, but sitting up. And so I, I mean, the things that we do to give, to grow a human are very, and and raise a human are are really tremendous. Um, And personally for me, I had a lot of, I think anxiety, even, Even well in like nine, uh, 12 months after my son was born because I had been on so much for like the last few months and I I had this worry. And so that was, um, had Expectful, we heard from our users that sleep is the biggest challenge that they face. And so we've developed quite a robust um, sleep library of meditations so that um, parents can dabble with like different types of meditations. Maybe it's a sleep story that you're listening to a story that puts you to sleep. Mm. Um, maybe it's a breathing exercise. Personally, I really love, um, sound baths, um, to, to lull me to sleep. But the hack that I have is, I mean, it could be a sleep meditation. It could be any meditation, like a five minute meditation is when I have a break with my son, when he, I mean now he's older but but when in those early days let's say he was napping for 30 minutes at a time and you know you're they they say nap when the baby naps and and that's not true like you can't do that um but sometimes you can take a few minutes for yourself Mm -hmm. and so like what I would do is just I'd lay in my bed I'd prop myself up, up and I would pick meditation um and in those five minutes um five, 10, 20 minutes of that meditation, I would calm my mind down. And I, I felt that calming my mind down was the key to getting myself to sleep. It puts you in the theta state, um, which prepares you for sleep. Um, and so particularly if you're tired and you're carrying loads of fatigue, which which new mom is not carrying that, it really primes your brain for tuning tuning off and, uh, and getting some, some rest, even if it's only a few minutes. And so um, I, I know people, moms say that you can't sleep when the baby sleeps and, and that is often true because you, the baby can fall asleep in your arms or like when you're feeding, but hopefully at least one time a day, um, you can take those five, 10 minutes to yourself because it w- it'll give you so much life back than, than you than you can imagine um, so that you can continue on. There's such an importance of, of filling your cup um, in, in motherhood and I think that we often don't do it enough, so...
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes, 100%. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, for for me, I know that, um, you know, the the mindfulness – and, again, coming back to how mindfulness is such a personal experience in meditation. You know, I'll talk to my clients about this, how when I bring up mindfulness meditation, they're like, oh, I've tried that. Like, I've tried the breathing exercises. I've tried listening to maybe progressive muscle relaxation, and it just doesn't work for me. And I'll say, okay, you know what's really cool is that you've tried some things, and you've there's, there's elements of what you've tried that felt like it didn't work. Maybe we can kind of reframe this as you know you've had some experience, and maybe from that experience we can also explore what might be a better fit for you. And it can be so um, nuanced as to I don't know the person who's giving the meditation, right? The voice, right? Um, Or the the way, or 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 the type of meditation or mindfulness practice. I know that for some people, actually um, initiating mindfulness by tuning into their breath actually feels like it gives them more anxiety. Like they Mm -hmm. like it's it's there's something about the focusing on breath that actually doesn't feel soothing to their their nervous system. And so maybe maybe we'll get there, you know, because I definitely know that breath can be powerful. I have a whole episode on the power of breath with a breathwork um, expert. But maybe maybe first maybe first it's just about sort of noticing something around you, right? And just giving your, your mind a moment to focus on something else. I know for me, actually, what I need to do often is I need to bring the things that I'm worrying about or the things that are occupying my mind, I need to kind of bring them out of the shadows, out of my mind and kind of bring them forth. They, they, they need attention first for me, I've noticed. And so for me, this has actually looked like me taking a moment to just be like, "All right, what is present with me right now? Is it um, something in my body? Is it a body ache? <laughs> is it something in my mind? Is it something that's in my heart?" Um, just this morning, right now, I think I'm ovulating, and I notice I've, I've I've become so aware, so much more aware of my body and my 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 cycles that I know that when I'm ovulating something about ovulation for me seems to trigger a little bit more anxiety. And so Mm -hmm. I'm ovulating. (laughs) And my first clue this morning, besides some other, you know, physical clues, was that I was feeling anxious. And even though there was nothing specific to be worrying about, I have a pretty – Easygoing day. Um, I I noticed that I was anxious, and my mind was searching for the thing that I must be worried about, right? Like, and so my mind kind of grabbed onto a few different things. And for me, this morning, what my mindfulness practice looked like was taking a moment to pause, literally saying to myself, "Pause, pause. Be right here, right now. What is with you? Right? Like, what what is like? What is present for you right now?" And I actually, um, in my mindfulness practice, have actually um, really given this part of me, my anxiety, um, a face and a name. I've I've really externalized this part of me so I know what this part of me looks like. And when I'm able to kind of pause and create some space and honor that that part of me is – is really wanting to share some information and share that part's worries, I'm able to kind of have more compassion, but also distance, distance and compassion for this part of myself, which allows me to identify, okay, is there anything in there that I actually need to pay attention to? Um, Is there any data that my anxiety is offering me that's actually going to be helpful? Because we're all wired for anxiety and fear, and sometimes there's actually helpful data in there, something that we can take action on. But what I honored this morning was that there really wasn't anything in there that needed immediate attention. Um, it was It's more of a physical thing that's happening within my body right now. And the moment I'm able to honor that and acknowledge that, I'm able to get back in the driver's seat. And while honoring that, it's probably still going to show up. <laughs> it's probably still yeah. going to pop up um, today, especially. And every day at some point, we're wired for these, these things as human beings. I can still um, have a relationship with this part of myself where I don't feel out of control, where I don't feel that sense of overwhelm. I'm back in the driver's seat honoring that this part of me is there. I can have compassion, but I don't need to let it jump in the driver's seat. And so, I mean, all of this was just in the span of a minute or two of me acknowledging anxiety was there. Um, for me, taking a moment to breathe, come back in my body, notice kind of where that where I'm feeling it in my body. Um, zooming out to acknowledge that, oh, oh yeah, I am ovulating. So this actually makes <laughs> a little bit of sense. And is there anything in here that I need to take action on? If there is, I will do it. I'll assure myself, that part of me that I will take action. But if there isn't, I'm also going to create some space, to acknowledge that this isn't necessarily something that I need to respond to right now, um, and then move forward with my life, you know, um, and I can do this before bed because oh my gosh, before I, right, it's it's like right before I'm falling asleep, the lights are off, I'm laying in bed, my mind is starting to be, you know, hopefully, you know, encourage sleep, and of course that's the time when anxiety is like, wait, but all of these things that happen during the day or things yeah. that you worry about for tomorrow and. Oh my gosh! Where is your birth certificate? Like, do you even know where your like social Social Security card is? Why am I worrying about this right now? Um, but it's in those moments that I'll that I'll engage in that sort of same practice of of externalizing my anxiety and and being able to pause and acknowledge that this part of me is there, um, but there's also the me that can determine if any of this is something that needs to be responded to now. If there were, are any immediate threats or actions that need to be taken. And if there aren't, that I can that I'm safe, that I can be here now, encouraging rest to come, um, and and then for me also now with practice, breathing has become really powerful as well. So I'd love to hear from you for those for those who are listening right now. Can you just give us a little sample or an example of what they might find on the expectful app um, or in their own sort of. Um, you know, steps that they might be taking to engage in more mindfulness meditation um, it, as they are in this stage of life, whether they are expecting or postpartum.
1: Absolutely. So Expectful is geared towards um, anyone in, that's trying to conceive in pregnancy, in new motherhood, or um, that has experienced loss and is, is um, dealing with the, the challenge and the heartbreak of loss. Um We started as a meditation and sleep app. So we have the world's largest library of meditations um, geared towards this demographic. But over the last um, several months, we've been evolving and we're now transitioning to a holistic haven. of, of wellness solutions for um, fertility, pregnancy, and parenthood. So, what um, any users can expect on our app, they can of course um, expect meditations that are directly geared towards them and anything that they might be going through, anywhere from IVF pregnancy to hyperemesis. Um, a you stay. I've um, created a Black Mama's Meditate collection. Like we have a very specific meditations cater to everything that someone can experience during their journey, but as I say, we've evolved into a wellness platform. I'm really excited about some of the other solutions that we've recently launched. So we have live classes. So some of our classes are live meditation events where women can connect with um, other women in pregnancy. They can meditate together. They can um, do this in fertility and postpartum. We have live fitness classes. So yoga, um, Pilates, stretching, that are specifically geared to towards pregnancy and postpartum. Um, one thing I'm particularly proud of is, is we also have support groups, virtual support groups on our app. Um, we have like a, an amazing community of women across the world. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to find that support in yeah. fertility, pregnancy and postpartum. And, you know, sometimes it's great to get in person, but given the times that we're in now, it's really challenging. And so um, we've created that support group where um, we have classes led by um, doula facilitators that enable women to connect and talk about a particular um, conversation. We also have... um, Access. This is something that recently launched last month, is we have access to one-on-one um, support with experts, so lactation consultants, mm-hmm. infant sleep, talking about the infant sleep challenges, and nutrition consulting. Um, we have the ability to connect one-on-one with these expert providers, um, and we also have office hours. And so really, like everything we have is this, we want to become this one-stop destination for women in this journey to get help, whatever it is, whether it's meditation, sleep, support, or actually connecting with an expert.
2: Mm. Oh, I love that. And so I know that, you know, we were here to also kind of explore just holistic approaches to supporting folks who are expecting and postpartum. And can you kind of demystify this? Like, what do we mean when we say holistic practices and, and, and what? What might that look like and how can that sort of complement somebody's care during this season of their life?
1: Yeah, so I, I mean personally as someone who went through a high-risk pregnancy and was spent a lot of time in the doctor's office, um, the relationship and how it exists in the US and in many Western cultures, um, the pregnancy fertility experience is very much focused on the outcome of the baby and not the well-being of the mom. Um, For people that are going through fertility treatments, I often hear that no one cares about how my mental health during this practice, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly in postpartum. Everyone's always asking about how's the baby, but like, how about how's, how's the mom who just went through the biggest transition of her life. Um, And when I talk about holistic, wellness, I talk about the services and the tools that happen outside of the OB's office. So um, I mean, lactation consulting is one, but I'm really wanting to get into like the mental health aspect, Um, thinking about nutrition, like what goes into your body and how that relates. Um, How do you take care of sleep? Because we all know that that has such an impact. And so when you think about holistic, it's everything that's pertaining to the external um, and internal that really doesn't happen in in the doctor's office. And I've personally found it really difficult to find those tools um, during my own journey. And so that was a problem that I wanted to solve was um, how do we bring um, being a mom into the 21st century. I mean, we have so many technology advances in every other department in our lives, um, but it seems like no one's really thought about how do you improve the experience of going through fertility of being pregnant. Um, And so that's really my mission um, at Expectful.
2: Yeah. And so in terms of all these, and, and I love what you're sort of naming here is sort of the external and internal, and just sort of looking at this sort of bigger picture, right? Because you're absolutely right that so often um, you know, when you're expecting, um, you know, you have these you know, very often visits with your OBGYN and people are opening doors for you and 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 you know, checking on you and then the baby is is born and gosh, i mean so much of the focus then shifts yes to the baby and you know, your doctor's like, see you in six weeks for a 10-minute <laughs> visit, um, and it's just not enough. And then you're absolutely right for anyone who's navigating the fertility journey. I mean, even more so, can it just feel like the, the components that you are experiencing, such as the sort of the, the pain, the struggles, the impact on your partner relationship – I mean, the, in, the impact on your mental health, all of this is not necessarily being addressed in, unfortunately, in a lot, for a lot of our experiences. I mean, some of us have the experience where it is in our care and that's incredible and amazing, but still, I think it's not happening often enough. And so some of the elements that you're mentioning here, just, I just, I'm trying to think that a listener might wonder, okay, in terms of like other sort of providers or resources I could be accessing, what's like a checklist? So I can kind of take a look at it and see if any of these might be relevant to some of the pain points that a new parent or expecting parent might be kind of struggling with. And so you mentioned nutrition. Um, You mentioned sleep and lactation. Um, I know that, gosh, I wish that every, every birthing person got a referral to get checked out by a pelvic floor physical yeah. therapist oh my gosh um, is that something that needs to be talked about more and and supported around um, and 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 yeah and 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 so are, is there anything else that you would add to that checklist so nutrition sleep lactation, Um, physical therapy, of course I'm going to throw in um, mental health and individual therapy or couples therapy because this can have – having a baby can have a huge impact on your partner relationship as well. Um, Is there anything that you would add to that checklist? And then also where can people go to to even figure out where these resources are in their area?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think I couldn't agree more with you on the mental health piece. That's something that is really – not talked about enough, but when you're going through this, um, it, I think just, I mean, it's great to talk to any kind of therapist. Um, I, I think any therapist is better than, than one that doesn't have that experience, but it's really helpful to have one that's picked out that understands right the, the, what you're going through um, and having that empathy. So I think I recommend everyone... Get, like, schedule a couple of therapy um, before the baby so that you have someone on speed dial for when you need it. I also recommend that for. Um, Mental health in general, but I mean, in terms of for people looking for this, I encourage um, users to check out Expectful because this is what we're providing. Is um, we're getting into exactly what you mentioned, um, getting into pelvic floor um, therapy, and we're um, just we're continuing to expand our offerings. And we have so many helpful blogs and resources to support women in this. And and to that, we um, we have a special offer to experience um, Expectful for for a dollar for the first month. Um, and I'll give it to you to include in the show notes, but I would love for your users to have access to it. But um, there is a checklist that, you know, the if a baby in, in pregnancy, so much of the process is thinking about the registry. It's like, what stroller do I need? What swaddles do I need? How many onesies do I need? And no one thinks about the most important thing. It's like, What do I need for myself to actually survive? It's like, you probably need lactation, consulting because 92% of women struggle with breastfeeding in the first week of life and it is expensive. (laughs) Um, So like that's something that you should register. You probably, you know, if you don't need mental health therapy, good for you. But I think a lot of, I think almost everyone would benefit from it. Um, The pelvic floor therapy is a must. There's so many services that you need to build yourself back together again. And no one thinks about registering for these or preparing. It's just like I, I've got everything for the baby. I'm set, and it's a whole other mindset. Um. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's like I have all these zero to three month clothes and these cute little outfits and this um, nursery that is, you know, all styled out. And my gosh, yeah, I mean, could you imagine if we actually had registries that looked like here? you could donate to you could um, you could you could donate money to this fund for physical therapy <laughs> or for lactation support. Um, or for, oh my gosh, could you imagine if people were as open to say, you know, um, we are accepting, um, you know, uh, donations for uh, mental health therapy, for couples therapy? Gosh, if we could get to the point where the stigma has, was so squashed that um, that was just something that people felt so open to not only ask for, but to, and to receive, um, but to offer. Um, you know, because, yes, you're right. These things can be expensive, and insurance doesn't always cover these things, but they're such an integral, important part of post the postpartum experience and postpartum care. And, you know, I think a lot of times when I see individuals or couples, it's when they are in the thick of it. Um, I definitely – I see some folks who come in when they're expecting and they're just trying to be proactive, and that's like – I love when that happens. But a lot of times it's when people are already in the thick of it and the struggle, the struggle, they're, they're, they're in the thick of it. The struggle is there. The shame is already there. And gosh, if we could support folks in getting these resources ahead of time, knowing where to go ahead of time, um, they'd be so much, so much better prepared. Okay, so Expectful has um, these resources. I, 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 always, I also always recommend folks to, while they are expecting, um, you know, talk to their provider. Ask if they have referrals. Ask friends and family members um, or other providers that you really trust what, who they would refer them to. Maybe you have – I know for myself, I had an acupuncturist that I really, really trusted. And so when it came to asking for a lactation consultant referral, I went to her because I really trusted her. And I knew that because she specialized in pregnancy that she was a part of the local community. And so – also, you know, talking to providers that you trust, It doesn't. It, maybe it's your OBGYN, maybe it's not. Maybe it's somebody else that you really trust who knows you, um, a friend, a family member, and asking for these referrals, um, finding out where are the local, you know, um, pelvic floor, postpartum physical therapists in my area. Um, what are some great nutrition resources in my area or virtual um, and and getting those resources before your baby comes, right? So that and you know, so that when baby is here, you know exactly where to go, even if you're in the thick of it and it just you're sleep mm-hmm. deprived and it feels hard to even take that step. Um, or identifying folks who you know are are going to be checking in on you. Um, identifying a postpartum point person is something I always recommend, and this is somebody that you really trust that you can be raw and vulnerable with and someone that you can say, hey, will you be the person who at you know, one week postpartum, three weeks postpartum, one month, two months postpartum, you just check in on me and ask me yes. how I'm doing and then follow up with how are you really doing? Um, and then also this is somebody who maybe you have also entrusted with a list of resources and they can take a step to s- support you in figuring out, what the next step might be to take if you are if you are struggling and you're in the thick of it. So, Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share with us um, the work that you're doing through Expectful as a resource, and also a little bit about your journey yourself um, to finding a way in which mindfulness and meditation can have a place in our busy lives. Um, where can people find you and find the things that Expectful is offering? And and I'll share links to all of this in in the show notes.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. I, this is a really fun conversation and I couldn't agree more with everything that you said. Um, and so I hope that we're at the precipice of a new moment in time where, um, women can really put themselves first. Um, in terms of where to find me, I encourage everyone to check out Expectful. We're, um, at expectful.com. You can find us on the app store, the Android store. Um, we're also on Instagram. It's at expectful. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well. My, I am at Natalie Walton and my name has an H in it. So it's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E-W-A-L-T-O-N um, on Instagram. And um, I hope that all of your listeners um, check out Expectful with the offer that will be um, in the show notes.
2: Wonderful. Natalie, again, thank you so much for taking the time and it's been wonderful to connect with you.
1: Wonderful to connect with you. Thank you. You've been listening
2: to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to hear when new episodes air. Looking for more support? I teamed up with a board-certified OBJN to bring you two e-courses for expecting and postpartum parents. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your day today. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.
0: Oh, <music> oh,